So this month we have been focusing on prayer. So we looked uh, a number of weeks ago when I kicked off the series, we looked at prayer as a lifestyle, not just an activity. Um, and we saw that the hour you spend in prayer um, is actually when you recenter on Jesus so you can spend the other 23 hours of the day praying in real time. And Brennan Manning, um, he, he said, we carry his presence because we have centered on his presence. And Pete Gregg, um, he said, we yield our lives in prayer so that our lives themselves become a prayer. So we saw that prayer is more than just an activity, it's a lifestyle. Um, we heard from Joanna by praying for others, um, how we give thanks for others. We ask God to fill them with the knowledge of his will. We ask God that they might live a life worthy of the Lord. So we're praying for what's best for our brothers and sisters and that their lives please Jesus. Actually, we're just, we're just giving them Jesus, aren't we? That's, that's the best thing. And then last week, we heard from Graham about prayer as a conversation. So looking at the importance of listening to God as part of prayer. And he talked about the, the still, small voice of God, seeing God in the undramatic. And Graham said that love for God and relationship with him is key to hearing him. So we don't just converse with God because we want to get something from him. Actually, we converse with him because we love him and because we want a relationship with him. We want to be with him. Uh, so today we're launching our week of prayer, um, and Elaine has kindly written um, a, a booklet for us just to guide us through. Actually, if the stewards could come up, we'll, we'll hand those out. It'd be great to grab a copy um, of these. Um, and it's titled, The Weapons of Warfare, The Jesus Way. So um, it's looking into Ephesians and particularly the spiritual armor. Uh, so last term, we spent a lot of time going through the book of Ephesians. Um, and we kind of got to Ephesians chapter 5. We didn't quite make it into Ephesians 6. Um, so, so this, this um, uh, series of meditations spends quite a bit of time in Ephesians 6 uh, and looking at that. There's, there's one meditation for each day of the prayer week. Um, there's a reading, um, a, sort of a meditation, some suggestions for prayer. There's space in the booklets to write your thoughts. Um, and there's a song that Jack has selected for each day as well. Um, and there's a gathered event um, every day. So um, I, I'd like us to use this booklet together. Um, it, it's something we can join together. In fact, Elaine, actually, are you happy to come up and just share a little bit um, about it, but uh, yeah, do do join in the gathered events if you can. Um, share your thoughts. It's something you can discuss at the dinner table. You can discuss with friends, um, and feel free to post reflections on Facebook. We'd love to see how God is is uh, journeying through this this week with you. So, Lynn. So you now all have uh, one of these booklets, Weapons of Warfare: The Jesus Way. And uh, when Dave approached me back uh, in the summer and asked me if I'd think about putting some, some thoughts together. Um, and he suggested Ephesians 6 and the weapons of warfare. So, so what we have, because during, sorry, before the summer, we were going through the book of Ephesians. Um, and what this booklet does, it kind of bookends Ephesians. It starts out looking afresh at Ephesians 1. What is the context we live in? 
And, and this morning we've been hearing, it's so interesting to hear all the different things, the challenges that we have in our lives, isn't it? Illness, climate change, parenting difficulties, Brexit, all those, all those things. Um, and Ephesians 1 sets out the context that we live in, that we live in a world, as we sang about earlier, that actually God is sovereign over. And so that's where this booklet starts out. And then it, read, it goes through um, the weapons of warfare. Now, often in our kids' groups, in our Sunday schools in the past, we've done the weapons of warfare, and we've got this picture in our mind of a cardboard Roman soldier. And, and we, it's very hard to get past that, I find. Um, so I would encourage you to, I've tried to put it in the context of Ephesus, what life was like at that time, and I would encourage you to put this into the context of your life and today. So I, I just want to start out, I'm going to read, you can turn to it as you've all got one now. Um, I put a quote from Eugene Peterson on the first page after Dave's lovely little note. Um, Eugene Peterson wrote a book all about <coughs> Ephesians. And this is what he says about Ephesians 6. Last words. Paul takes his leave, says his goodbyes. Given the seriousness of what is ahead for the Christian church, opposition and persecution, with the attending fallout dangers of discouragement and defection and martyrdom, that's what the first century church was facing. The language is remarkably free of anything suggesting anxiety or panic. He doesn't raise his voice. There is no adrenaline-infused rhetoric like the kind used by military leaders. Paul's last words steady us. There is nothing new to be said on the subject but a succinct reminder is useful. His reminder consists of these, affirming a stance of steadfastness, accurately naming the enemy, maintaining a practice readiness in the basics of living a life of glory, and praying, mostly praying. And one of the reasons I felt that was so important is it feels to me like we're living in, a, in an atmosphere of anxiety and panic. And, you know, we have... Ephesians 1 sets us in a completely different context. We are in, we are in a battle, but we are in a world where God is for us. Like we sang before, I loved that song... Waymaker, miracle doer, all those words I can't remember. Um, healer, it was fantastic. So that's where we're going to start. Anyway, very practically, what I suggest you do with this booklet, these are only suggestions. Read it very quickly, right the way through, um, in about five or ten minutes, just to get the idea of where it's going. And then you'll know what the week ahead um, has for you. And as I was praying about this, when I was preparing for it, 
I just kept hearing the word beyond, beyond. And I think it's a time for going beyond where we have been in prayer and um, perhaps beyond where we are now in our relationship. It's not for me to say how far beyond. It might be this far beyond. But God wants to take us beyond. He wants to take us to a new place in our prayer, individually, as a church. Um, And especially hearing, especially hearing God. Um, I would suggest every day there is a short reading. And my own suggestion would be that you use it as a kind of a meditation. Read it two or three times. Listen out for that one word or that sentence that attracts you. Take that in silence. Just sit in silence before God and let it it sort of work in your heart and work in your mind. And then, as, as, um, as Graham shared with us last week, have a conversation about God with it and see how that develops. And it might be that you're led into intercession one day, into worship another day, or a mix of those things. It might be that you're led into something personal, or something for the community, something for our nation, something for our world, beyond what you've prayed before. Um, And there are no prayer points. On my part, that was quite deliberate. Because I think it's about hearing God. Hearing God and listening. What, what, does, what is on God's heart every day? So I hope that that is a, um, a practical way of using it. Every day there is also a link to a song that um, Jack has, has done for us, uh, has looked up for us. And also there are the opportunities to come together in prayer. I would suggest as you read it through, put those in your diary at the beginning, the ones that you can come to. Um, We often hear prayer is a struggle, prayer is difficult. Let's not say that this week. Let's not say it. Let's say this is about a relationship with God. Let's say that. Let's get rid of that difficult busy, too hard, too everything. Let's get rid of all those words about prayer and say this is about relationship with God and my relationship with the people around me and the world I live in. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Eileen. That's really, really helpful and actually really interesting that the Lord laid the word beyond on your heart because actually as a leadership team as we were thinking about the prayer week as we were praying about it um, we, we really felt that the prayer week shouldn't just be a week where we do a bit more activities about prayer you know there's, there's just more activities and then it stops at the end actually our heart is that this prayer week takes us beyond where we, we are in our, in our spiritual lives that something happens that doesn't just finish at the end of the week but actually we're we're, we're, we're closer to Jesus. Um, he's done something. Something has shifted, and it continues beyond the week. Um, so thank you so much, Elaine. Um, 
I guess uh, I, I, I want us to take some time to pray, but before I do that, um, I'd like to just read the, the passage uh, about the spiritual armor. So if you've got uh, your Bibles, Ephesians, um, it's Ephesians 6, and we'll read from verse 10, and then I'll share a few thoughts, and then we'll move into a time of worship and a time where we've got some opportunity just to, to come together and pray. So Ephesians 6, verse 10, finally, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand then, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So I guess the first thing I want to share is is this. We are in a spiritual battle. Verse 12 makes that really clear. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I have to say, I'm always cautious about over-spiritualizing things. Um, I'm not one of those people that kind of see demons behind every sofa. Um, If I drop something and it hits my toe, it's it's probably not an attack of the enemy. It's maybe just because I've been a bit clumsy and I just haven't been taking enough care. But, but the book is clear. Paul says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We know from Scripture the enemy is out to kill and destroy. And whenever we pray, your kingdom come, whenever we pray, your will be done, the enemy wants the opposite the enemy wants the opposite. Rob Haywood spoke at the end of uh, August about God's kingdom being now and not yet. You know, we live in a beautiful world, as Tony mentioned. You know, God created it amazingly beautiful, but it's spoiled by sin, and evil is present in our world. It's in nature, it's in people's choices, it's in our own choices, and it's in the spiritual realm too. And life is tough sometimes. In fact, Often life can be tough. Frustration, relationship breakdown, hurt, depression, sickness, even death are part of the reality here on earth. There are thistles and weeds, and we often feel broken. And actually, it was interesting as well, Jack, we were singing about miracles. God is the miracle maker because we sometimes see God intervene with healing and miracles, And perhaps even more often we see God intervene gradually, bringing love, bringing grace, bringing peace to overturn the darkness and and to bring light. 
Um, there's a, a brilliant book by C.S. Lewis. I just discovered my copy today called The Screwtip Letters, and it's a bit battered and old. Um, it's, and there are a series of letters from a senior devil to a junior devil. Um, it's fictional, of course. Um, and it, uh, it does give us an insight into some of the enemy's strategies, I think. And he, his primary mission isn't um, just to stop us getting into that parking space that we've prayed for or to turn our lives into a complete misery and mess. He, he is quite content just to keep us from a deep and fulfilling relationship with Jesus. Um, C.S. Lewis writes, It doesn't matter how small the sins are, provided their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards, if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. So we're in a spiritual battle. We prayed for our nation uh, last, last Sunday, and there are spiritual battles going on in big things, in national things. But as Elaine mentioned, our prayer week starts with focusing on our relationship with Jesus and on knowing him better. And that's often an area, I think, of intense spiritual battle. I don't know about you, but have you ever noticed, you know, whenever you take time out to be with God, actually things come along and, and chaos happens and distraction happens. And, I, you know, I think there's a spiritual battle often there. The enemy is trying to stop us from deepening our relationship with Jesus. Conversations about Jesus with others, including those who don't know Jesus yet, often can be areas of spiritual battle. Doing business with God, saying yes to him, maintaining healthy relationships. I think these are the things the enemy really seeks to attack. So that's the first thing I want to say. There's the spiritual battle, and we should be aware of it. Second thing is God has given us what we need. The armor of God is provided for it, and it's all we need to win in this spiritual battle. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And what has he given us? I'll go through them reasonably quickly. He's given us truth. And it's interesting, it's, it's not our truth. Actually, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Actually, truth is, is a person. God is truth. And it's the belt that holds everything together. Um, we don't come with arrogance as Christians, you know, saying we, we have the truth. Or we, but actually, we have got to know the truth, and we're seeking him, and we're getting to know him better. So that, that holds everything together. Righteousness, again, that's not from our own doing. Righteousness is the gift of God. And um, it's won by Jesus on the cross and given to us. And we have the Holy Spirit as well, who's making us more like Jesus every day, growing his fruit, the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. So we put on that protection, the breastplate of righteousness. Peace. In fact, it's the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And when we've been given truth and righteousness, then peace actually comes naturally. And naturally, we want to share that with others. And that readiness can take us in, into interesting situations. It often calls us to take risks, to step out in obedience to the promptings of God's Spirit. 
motivated by our desire to see people blessed and healed and set free. Peace. And then faith. Faith is the shield that protects us against the enemy's arrows. So just let's be aware of that when the next um, negative thought comes into your mind. When the next thought about doubt, um, when the next unhelpful criticism comes your way, actually let's use that shield of faith um, to extinguish it. And then salvation, we put on the helmet of salvation. It's the last and the most important piece of the armor. And without it, we're vulnerable. We're saved, we're rescued from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And salvation gives us hope and it also protects our mind. A lot of the spiritual battle is in the mind. We, we looked at that, didn't we, um, a, a year and a bit ago when we were looking at Romans 12 and the need to transform our minds. And then we've got our offensive weapon, the Word of God. And with it, we can attack the enemy. We can combat negative things, he might say. Um, but I also think there's an element where actually the, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, can pierce humans, people. Um, it's not, not like an, a, a, a sword that brings death and, and hurt, but actually like a surgeon's scalpel. Actually, the, the Bible says God's Word is living and active. It pierces through into, into our hearts. And actually doing that, it can bring healing and life. So that's God's Word. And I think as we go through this week, I'd really encourage you to actively put on the spiritual armor. Maybe even right now, God's highlighting a particular item that's important for you to put on. Or maybe through the week, there'll just be items that will really be highlighted by the Holy Spirit. And let's actively think about that, actively pray through it, actively put those on. So God's given us what we need in this spiritual battle. But the final thing I want to say is that we still need to act. The spiritual armor isn't put on for us. We have to put it on, yeah? It's, it's there. God's made it available. We have to appropriate it and, and put it on. And then the passage says we have to stand. We have to take our stand against the devil's schemes. We do this in action by resisting temptation, by standing up for what's right, by listening to, by obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But we also do it in prayer when we pray for God's will to be done, for his kingdom to come. And as we are led by the Holy Spirit and we pray along these lines specifically into the situations and contexts that we're in and that those around us are in. And I also want to mention there's power in agreeing together. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19, Jesus says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And that's one of the reasons we thought we really want to put on a gathered event every day so that, you know, I, I guess we can come together as families or as friends and, and sort of pray or go through some of the, the stuff. But actually, we wanted to have the opportunity every day for us as a body just to, to come together. So as Elaine said, I'd encourage you to look through those, see which ones you can make uh, and really join in. Um, and share stories. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, actually, if you're somebody who uses Facebook or social media, feel free to put on there. What's, what's your experience of the week? How, how have you been finding it? What have you learned? How has this been impacting your relationship with Jesus? 
next Sunday, actually, we're going to have an opportunity uh, just for stories and sharing, so we don't have a, a formal talk. Um, so we'd love you just to bring your stories of either what God's been speaking to you about or doing in your life, or maybe some of the answers to prayer that you've been seeing. It'd be great, great to hear that. So do as you go through the week. You know, you may be prompted by things that you can bring on Sunday and then see if it's inappropriate to share. So I guess um, I'd like to, to finish there. Can Jack and the band, can you guys come up and we'll go into time of worship. And then we, we might just pause at different points and actually focus in, in prayer in different areas as we go through. But maybe, Jack, you could start us off and just lead us in worship. <laughs>